Hello and welcome to the Wide Teams Podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers. Located on the web at wideteams.com and on Twitter at wideteams. This is episode 41. I'm your host, Avdi Grimm. Joining me today, Jonathan Wallace, a developer and technologist at High Groove Studios, uh, also an independent iOS and Rails consultant, open source developer, runner of code retreats, and all-around busy guy. Jonathan, thanks so much for joining me. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So uh, I understand that you, you have yourselves a distributed team. That's right. Uh, at High Groove, we've got about 20 people or so, and um, one of the central tenets of, uh, of the company is to keep developers happy. And to that end, uh, we employ a management philosophy called RO, uh, that, uh, that has the acronym RO, which is Results-Only Work Environment. And uh, one of the principles of that is that uh, it doesn't matter where you are, it's just as long as you get your work done, as long as you produce results, that's what matters. Hmm. I think that that sounds like a, a pretty good, uh, pretty good policy. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it goes over really well. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, tell me a little bit about like the history of of how you like as the company grew, uh, you became distributed. Um, I think one of the things that's different about, for, and from my perspective, one of the things that's different about High Groove is that, uh, the founder of the company, Charles Brian Quinn, uh, was a developer first. So he has that perspective. Uh, when he first started the company, he was working out of coffee shops and working out of his house and, and doing consultant work. And, uh, then as he started to grow, um, and started hiring a couple of people, hiring, uh, what we termed permalancers, which would be people who would uh, not necessarily be a full-time employee of High Groove Studios, but but would still handle some subcontracting work. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just made sense. He was already doing a he was he was already doing was a remote worker for his own company, so it just made sense to uh, provide that same functionality, uh, that same opportunity for others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that sort of started out, but it didn't really become codified. Uh, you know, I don't think necessarily was necessarily codified right away, but as we've grown and and entered the market of of a company who's trying to grow and trying to hire people, we've found that you know that's one of those competitive uh, benefits that that sharp engineers, uh, people who are experienced, people who are, are who can produce quality work, that's what they're looking for. They want freedom. They want they want to feel uh, empowered. And uh, saying that if you want to work. work um, you know, from the beach, you're more than welcome to do that. And and we have a Flickr account that's associated with a company. And, uh, we've got people who uh, have been, you know, taking pictures from the poolside as they're mm. getting work done, uh, things of that nature. So uh, that was one of the goals when when I first started, shortly after I started here a couple of years ago, that I wanted to, to work from a boat. And mm-hmm. uh, I actually managed, actually was able to manage to make that happen last February, my wife and I went on a cruise, and uh, I saved a tiny bit of work so that I wouldn't uh, infringe upon our quality time together. <laughs> right. But enough to so that I could actually, yeah, I was actually able to make a commit uh, while on the ship, so it worked out. <laughs> Fantastic. How'd you get? Uh, was that just like over a cell phone uh, connection, or how does that even work? Yeah. Um, I think we because we were on shore. Uh, you know, I was still had a cell connection, so okay. it, it, we were. I was on the ship, but we were. We hadn't set sail yet. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> and I didn't. And I didn't. Yeah, I didn't want to have to pay exorbitant fees for having uh, an action once we were out at sea. 
Right. Yeah, I wasn't sure if like you had to, you know, deliver your packets by seagull or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's expensive these days. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, now did you did Highgroove still like um, uh, hire in the same general vicinity, or do you have people from all over, or what? Um, we've got a couple of uh, myself, another um, person who are basically, I would say, full time remote workers. We we don't live in the city of Atlanta, and Highgroove's based out of Atlanta. Um, and then most of the other people are local. Uh, we've had hired a couple of people. Yeah, we, we've opened up to, uh, I guess, worldwide, if you will. Um, and uh, well, there's a relocation um, sub, uh, benefits that occur if you know you get hired. They'll they'll, they'll help out with uh, relocating if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've had we've hired a couple of people who weren't local to Atlanta, and they've relocated. Uh, we're sort of fortunate that there's some uh, high quality. Um, uh, secondary education that, uh, in the area. You've got the Georgia Institute of Technology, um, and we, there's a there's a strong engineering culture there, uh, and that helps out a lot. There's other things in Atlanta, you know, as being a large city that makes it a little bit easier. So it hasn't been a ton of people. And then again, you know, typically how hiring typically goes, word of mouth, uh, and hey, let's you know first draw from the pool of your current employees' friends circles. That's the way to go. Um, so I, it's mostly been people in Atlanta, but yeah, myself, another guy, he's out in Knoxville. Um, and we have people who've been doing, uh, I guess, remote, um, vac- working vacations where they, they would go on a vacation somewhere and they'll just work a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that's, that's usually the extent of the, the remote, uh, the remote workers. So it's the other thing that we see is that there's a, uh, because a lot of people are local, um, one of the things that it's, that's our culture is sort of centered around is cycling, bicycling. And mm. uh, so a lot of people can bicycle into the office and if it's raining or nasty out and people don't want to, 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 to be challenged by the wet, nasty weather and cars on the road when it's mm-hmm. like that, they'll still work out of the house. So uh, even though people are local, you'll still see a good percentage working from home based on whatever their demands are that day. Maybe they just woke up and they don't feel like making the trek in. They don't have to. And so, mm-hmm. and, uh, so they're pretty much just making the call, um, whatever mm-hmm. whatever feels right for a, a given day. Exactly. The, the main thing is that the, the things get done that need to get done. If you have a meeting set up at the office and you didn't show up, now that would be a problem, obviously. Right. Uh, so it, it, it's just you know make sure you get done the things you commit to, and this mm-hmm. it's it's just such a revolutionary idea. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, it's, it's unfortunately it, re- it really is. You know, I say that sarcastically, but it really seems like it is a lot of times, and uh, that's disappointing. But it's the idea uh, it's that- nice. That, that it's about the work that you get done rather than, than having your butt in the seat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it's easier to manage. You know, I think it, in my perspective, it comes down to it's easier just to manage, uh, if you have some easily quantifiable, uh, metric. Where are you here at 8 a.m.? Are you right. here at 8 a.m.? Okay, you were there at both times. Good. You, you did your job. That's, that's very, that's a very easy thing to manage. It's a lot harder right. to, to manage when you say, are you, are you getting things done? Right. Are you, well, so let's talk about that. Like, what what are you managing instead? What is your metric? Um, it's something that we've we've uh, you know to to grab the overused phrase iterated on, mm-hmm. um, uh, and it's something that's been a uh, an issue of discussion. So I gave a lightning talk at RailsConf uh, concerning Row, and I've done, did the same thing again at, at our local users group here in Atlanta. And people had the really hard question of how do you how do you measure you know, how do you, what do you measure if you're not measuring hours? Cause one of the things with Row is that you're not measuring your hours, you're measuring results. 
And that's a really hard question to answer. And uh, we, when we first start, when I first started out, we were measuring hours because that's how we were billing out to our clients. We're right. Visit, billing, billing out hours and saying, okay, you're going to get, you know, uh, 32 hours out of developer this week and 32 hours next week. So over the month, you're getting X amount of hours. And these are how those hours were, were quantified. So what we've done, uh, what we're at currently is we, we, um, we quantify the two things that we're looking for are, is are the clients happy and are the developers happy? And so mm-hmm. what that's, there's some, uh, in, there's some in-house tools that we've developed to measure client happiness that, that they, they get a nice little quiz that says, Hey, you know, rank us on these things. You know, how, how do you feel about the progress this week? And mm-hmm. I, and, and, you know, and then the same thing as a developer, if I'm on a project, I get the same sort of questionnaire that says, how, how do you feel about your progress? Do you feel like you had to do too much work this week for your results or, or not enough or, you know, and, and what's interesting about this is that now these things are sort of these nebulous ideas of happiness mm-hmm. and, it really forces you to be more act, proactive in managing expectations. It's mm. really easy to say, "Oh, ah, I got 32 hours. Click, I'm done. Stop measuring my time. I'm I'm off. I'm done." And it's 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 a lot harder, and it's a lot. The onus is on me to be more responsible and making sure that uh, and, and and being more proactive and identifying issues and problems. So if I'm working for if I'm I'm tackling an issue and I find that it's taking a long time to resolve, then I need to step to, and it was something that I expected or had led the client to believe that would be short in time in terms of completion. Then there's a, there's a, there's a little bit of friction there. And that friction should be telling me, Hey, I need to go, go back and communicate with the client and adjust their expectations earlier in the process as opposed to later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, when you do that, I mean, it's, it's not for everybody, I'd, I'd say, because, because it really is something that requires a lot of interaction. Um, uh, but but it's one of those things where I would say that depending upon your domain, uh, you have to you have to find out what works for you. So the one of the clients that I uh, I'm sorry one of the questions that I had received at the Atlanta Ruby Users Group was how would somebody who's an accountant do this or how would hmm. somebody who's a, a lawyer uh, do results only and and I have to say that I really don't know the answer to that question because I'm not in those fields. It would be something that I'd have to figure out because it's. You'd have to say, okay, what are the results? What are we trying to measure? And it's something that if it's not working, we're willing to change it. We're willing to try stuff out. So, but that's currently what we're measuring. That's really cool. It's, it's, it's almost like you have a really low overhead retrospective every week. Yes. Um, in the, the agile sense of the retrospective meeting. Yes, exactly. We have, we do in, in, in a little bit of our workflow. We do do that as well. We, we sit down with the client every week and have a high level overview, but hopefully, the commu- those meetings are really short, and if those meetings are really short, that means that the feedback loop, the communication feedback loop, has been very tight during the week, and and there's not a lot to recover. It's more like, um, yes, we already know where we're at because we've been keeping up to date the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when those meetings draw on, drag on for an hour, which is, I think, the extent of any, uh, it would be the, the upper limit of the of a of a, a meeting in general. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's very exceptional cases where you need a meeting longer than an hour. Um, then there's a big sign that that um, Either something's going wrong, or or or, or you're getting, you're figuring something really hard out. Um, but it's definitely a red flag, something that you want to keep a closer eye on. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your uh, workflow when you're working from home. Um, what does that what does that sort of day in the life look like, and and uh, how much are you communicating with your coworkers? Um, we uh, we like to use Campfire uh, mm-hmm. as a as a as a chat room for all of the employees and. 
that's something that I'm in constant communication with. Um, I'm somebody, as somebody who works remotely, I worry, uh, I think I, I put a bigger emphasis on communicating with, uh, with my coworkers more often because I want to maintain a strong connection. But, um, mm-hmm. usually when I work, wake up, um, <laughs> depending on my mood of the day, I might get on the campfire chat room and type good morning, even though there's nobody else there except for our chat bot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, does, does the, does the bot say good morning back to you? No, it needs to. I need to, I need to issue a pull request there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be nicer to feel not quite so alone, but um, I usually, <laughs> I get up, I get up a little bit earlier, I think than others. Um, just, just out of habit with, uh, due to having a couple of children. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, you know, usually I'll wake up and the first thing on my mind is, is often something that's work related. And so, um, I might grab some, some breakfast and start, uh, glancing through email, start cleaning out the spam that has filtered through, uh, and, uh, follow up on any chats that occurred the evening before where I didn't, I wasn't, um, aware and then start reviewing what projects I have going on. Uh, go check the project. Uh, uh, we use Pivotal Tracker, so go check Pivotal Tracker and, and see if there's been any comments on anything, anything that's high priority that I need to address uh, and then start tackling work. I've, I found that I used to be a late night person, but um, since having children, I'm now an early morning person <laughs> and I find, <laughs> find that my best work gets done in the morning. So, um, And then I'll just work until whatever makes sense. There's um, been days where uh, my one of my ch- children will have some type of school activity. So it could be something that starts as, you know, starts at 9 a.m. and I go, I leave at 9 a.m. and I go do this activity all morning. And maybe my whole morning is taken up with that that morning and then I'm working in the afternoon and the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really, it's, it's sort of hard to say what, what typical is because it's really up to, to my level of discipline as to how the days fall out. Um, one of the things that I'm, I've noticed in the past couple of years is sometimes I'll get into like a TV show and, uh, on Netflix mm-hmm. and if, I want to stay up late and watch that and then sleep in the next day as long as I'm not, uh, as long as I know that my morning's free. I, I, that's something I, I can do. And actually I did that this last week. <laughs> so I have to ask what show? Uh, Mad Men. I'm, I'm just starting oh, okay. <laughs> I'm only five years behind the curve. <laughs> that's okay. I just, I just started on that as well. Yeah, I'm like three episodes in. So oh, very cool. So, um, I don't know. What are the, what have been some of the challenges that, uh, that you've had to overcome as, as you've grown as a uh, semi-distributed team? Um, I would say that the one I hear the most about when I talk to other people is the discipline of sitting down and getting work done uh, day in and day out. Um, and I would say that in the beginning, that was a little bit harder uh, as in the first couple of years. So I've been doing distributed work at High Group for the last couple of years, and then I was re- remote working for the previous company as well for a couple of years. So I've been doing it about four years, and I did find that to be a little bit of the challenge in the beginning. Um, but I think as I've grown my capabilities as a developer, um, I found that it's, it's getting, it's getting away from the computer that's become harder. Hmm. It's closing the laptop lid and not thinking about it and focusing on the other things that need to be focused on. It's very easy to, to, uh, to get sucked back in. You know, oh, I'm just going to check my email. Right. Check my email and then go, Oh, wait, that email refers to this. Well, let me just go take care of that real quick. Oh, and then one thing snowballs into another, and the next thing I know, I've been sitting down at the computer for an hour. Right. So I'd say most recently my challenge has been to uh, to restrict myself from getting, from, from getting work done or sitting down. And I'd say the main reason for that is I feel that if you, you know, what, one of the few reasons that you can be uh, fired at High Groove is for working too much. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and that's, again, another symptom of something going wrong for one reason or another. And right. Even, even if it's not a symptom of something going wrong and, and like my personal case where I enjoy working, I enjoy accomplishing things. It gives me that nice little hit of, of I've, I've done something today. Um, mm-hmm. if you do it too much, it's not maintainable. Uh, you really, you really want to, re- I think, uh, my perspective is you, I really want to focus on work as a, um, marathon, not a sprint. So don't try to get it all done, even though that's, that's my tendency. Mm-hmm. So, um, that leads to burnout. Burnout leads to a lack of productivity. It leads to a lack of consistency. Um, so I would say those have been the challenges. Uh, I also like to make sure that as we've been growing, it's getting harder and harder to get to know the new employees. Um, so to that end, I, I try to make sure I come in and visit uh, the office when I get a chance. Mm-hmm. We have um, a couple of things that we do uh, to 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 facilitate people coming in because it is optional. Uh, we do like uh, we have. A monthly uh, team dinner where the company buys dinner, and that's uh, we schedule that out a month in advance. Uh, we have a monthly hack night where uh, dinner is again provided, but it's not at a restaurant. It's not quite as nice, but at the hack night, it, the idea is to come and work on open source software of our choice, or, or, or maybe it's not even working on open source software. Maybe it's just doing something that we've been meaning to do on the computer that we've not made time for, like switching from Bash to Z Shell or uh, something like that. So um, those things are in, uh, inducements to, to come into the office, um, and it, it works. It's one of the ways to get to know those people. So communicating in the chat room, over-communicating in the chat room, making sure, you know, if people have issues, we'll pair, jumping in with them to, to facilitate, be their rubber duck while they're, they're working through a, a challenging issue. Mm-hmm. And coming in, those are the ways that I help fight the issue of not being uh, in touch and, and in tune with my coworkers. You use the word over-communicating. Um, what do you mean by that? Um, you know, one of the things I'll run into an issue, and um, I might be able to solve it on my own, and but I'd much rather chat about it and, mm-hmm. and and bring other people in and it be something that I think it's very easy. There can be a culture of of knowing all the answers I've I found in my experience in, in our industry. Um, and I think it's saying, hey, I don't know the answer to this. I'm working on this. This is what I'm running into. This is what I've tried. That's sort of my rubber duck for me a lot of times in the chat room. And it mm-hmm. may not. I hope it's not distracting for others. They have a good job of tuning it out, but I could see that as being over communicating. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, it's one of those dull moments. It's like, well, you just need to do this. And it's like, oh, yeah, of course I should have done mm-hmm. that. I, I can't believe I forgot to do that. But sometimes those types of conversations lead into something illuminating or an epiphany for someone, or you don't know what other people don't know. Right. And so, uh, that, to me, it's like if I over communicate, if I assume that there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey guys, I'm, you know, I'm running into the silly air. Has anybody seen this? And somebody asks in the context of a Rails application, Oh, have you run rake DB test prepare? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? I forgot to do that. Well, these are the types of things, especially when, as we've hired, um, new people who might be new to the Rails community or Rails development and they're, they're, they're leveling up as they, they get more experience. Maybe it's, Maybe it's something that they haven't seen before. They haven't particularly ran through. So it's, it's sharing, uh, experience. Um, even though you may feel, well, everybody already knows this. It's just, it's just not making assumptions. So that's what I think that's what I mean by over communicating that mm-hmm. there's benefits that come out of this and it might not come out all the time, but, um, it comes out often enough that I see that there's value there. So I continue to do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, it's, it's almost like you're, you're being, uh, Kind of a remote extrovert in a sense. You're you're broadcasting your thoughts a bit, um, and and hoping to draw other people in by that. 
Yeah, I would say that's a very fair way to put it because once I'm actually in the office, I have a tendency to to talk less. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I would say that's super fair because I, I, you know, if I'm in the office too, then it's easier just to turn to people, but, and chat with them. But yeah, I, that's the way I think it helps me feel better about making sure that I'm still connected with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a note here, uh, from when we were talking before the show, um, about, um, about summarizing things. Um, and I'm, I'm actually trying to remember now what, uh, what that was in reference to. Do you, was that the, about that you, you find yourself like, uh, summarizing, uh, the, the outcome of, of meetings or something like that, uh, to, to make sure everyone's on the same page? Yeah, we, we do, we do a lot of, uh, any, any communication that occurs out of band, uh, for, uh, out of, when, by out of band, I mean outside of Pivotal Tracker, um, you know, there's times where maybe we want to have a one, one-on-one conversation with somebody, uh, my, another coworker who's on the same project that I'm on, and maybe we'll use Skype to do that. Um, it's very, it's, or maybe there's a casual conversation in the office. Uh, it's, it's very important and for us to reduce the bus factor. Um, the, the idea that if somebody gets hit by a bus, uh, what happens to the project? How, you know, can other people pick it up and, and run with it? Mm-hmm. Um, so that effect, uh, going back and summarizing, um, a phone call or a, um, or a chat, uh, and, it, and, and that occurs in Skype, you want to make sure that that information is captured in a, in a centralized location so that anybody else can come along and get up to speed quickly. So, I, it doesn't mean summarize everything, but mm-hmm. anything that's actionable would be need to be summarized. So, oh, this is, uh, for example, the perfect example is last night. Um, I got back from the office. I'm, 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 I'm actually in the office today. And so, and I'm in Atlanta today, uh, uh because we're having our de- team dinner tonight. Um, and last night, one of my coworkers was like, Hey, are you getting any errors? Are, are you receiving any errors in the test suite on master for this particular project? And so I started checking into it and it was, but I was, I was really exhausted. Uh, it'd been a long day. I'd gotten up quite early to drive in and, uh, it was one of those things where like, Hey, you know what? Now's, you know, we, we both came to the same conclusion. We couldn't figure out what was going on. Now's not the time for us to actually, uh, address the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of us felt like our mental faculties were up to it. <laughs> uh, so instead we just create a story and pivotal tracker that, uh, says, Hey, this is what we ran into. This is what we think it might be based on five minutes of conversation. And these are the errors that we were seeing. Uh, and just, just that type of thing. And it's, it's a little thing, but it makes, I think it makes a big difference because if both, you know, by some freak occurrence, both he and I were to become unavailable for the next day, mm-hmm. um, they also had to pick up that project and start running with it. They would have a good, they wouldn't, you know, their first step might be to run the test and then run into some bugs in the test and be like, well, I think that leads to this might be getting a little bit away from the remote work, but um, that leads to a issue of confidence in the project. Oh, wait, there's these tests failing on the head of master. This is crazy. Why is this occurring? Uh, right. Oh, look, there's a story here. They were aware of it and they hadn't had a chance to address it yet. Okay. Everything else should be good. I can have confidence in the rest of the code and then I can address this individual issue without worrying that it's some symptom of an underlying issue that's more worrisome. Right. Right. Do you have any particular advice for teams that are um, that are working remotely? Yeah, I think um, I think you know I think it is important to over communicate. Uh, I think it's important to establish those good uh, social bonds. And I I read an interesting book um, 
I think it was uh, the seven habits of highly effective people many years ago. And one of the, uh, one of the things that's, that's really stuck with me from that book was the concept of, of social capital and how when we interact with other people, uh, in a positive manner, we build up social capital with that particular person. And there are times when uh, we can't obey the niceties that, of, of, of that, that are expected in social interactions. And for, and those are typically in periods of stress where something's going wrong. You don't have time to say hello and ask, how are you? How was your weekend? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you might have to be a little bit shorter than you might would otherwise. But if you have a, a strong banking of social capital, it's easy to draw down on that with the other person knowing, hey, Jonathan was short today uh, with solving this particular issue for whatever reason, and it's it's understandable and it's fair. So I feel like because there's so much context that can be lost over text as opposed to in-person communication or even uh, voice communication, it's important to maintain a strong banking of social capital with people that you work with. So that sort of goes back to our earlier conversation about over-communication, but that's, I think that's one of my central focuses as a remote worker, that I want to make sure that, that, um, that I'm doing the best job I can to make sure that I'm easy to work with and it's very easy to work with and that there's a lot of respect there, uh, so that, so that if there's ever any miscommunications, it's very easy to resolve those. Um, or if there's a time where we, we can't take the time to do things, it's, it, there's a lot of trust there so that we can fall back on that trust and use some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to that end, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, the, the way to actually maintain that is over communicate, complimenting people for when they do great things or good things or do something that you, that you are impressed by or, or respect or like, um, and making sure to, to get, uh, some face to face time whenever possible. Sound advice. All right, Jonathan, um, before we go, uh, where can people find you and Highgroove uh, online? Highgroove Studios, we are online at highgroove.com. Uh, we've got a blog there that we post to very regularly. Uh, I've got posts there. Um, I am somewhat embarrassed to say that my personal site is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I at one point had an EC2 instance with my own uh, WordPress install, and uh, that was the only thing that I wasn't backing up on that instance, um, and I lost it. So um, I'm currently at um, blog.jonathanrwallace.com. It's a really short page, so hopefully I'll I'll get something nicer up there and the very soon now TM. <laughs> awesome. Well, Jonathan, uh, thank you very much for joining me. It's my pleasure, Avi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Wide Teams podcast. Please visit us on the web at wideteams.com to leave feedback and enjoy more articles, screencasts, and conversations about dispersed teams. The Wide Teams podcast is a service of ShipRise LLC and is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike license. Our music is by Giles Boquette. Until next time, this is Avdi Grimm signing off. Wild, <laughs> wild,